Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and if you're like me, then you love listening to podcasts. My favorite are the educational ones. Love learning audibly as well? Then you'll fall in love with audio courses on Listenable. Want to learn communication skills and level up your social game? Or are you on a health kick and looking to learn more about fitness? Whatever you're into, there's an audio course for you on Listenable. With Listenable, you can enjoy five-minute audio lessons while commuting, exercising, or walking your dog. You can choose from over 3,000-plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Use the coupon code COLINZU, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, at listenable.io, and you'll get 30% off a year of Listenable. Just check out the show notes below. Thanks for listening, and now back to Thrive Bites. Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for listening on. Today, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest with us today. We have Chef Ramsey Bravo. Say hi to everyone, Chef. Hi, everybody. How are you? Uh, We are so, so happy to have him here today. For those of you who do not know who he is, Chef Bravo is the executive chef for True North Health in Santa Rosa, California. And he is the creator of BravoPB.com, where you can find all of his interactive culinary courses, uh, seminars, webinars, his resources, his recipes. And although he's trained as a regular chef, um, he, like he says, um, has had a little intervention from the universe. And since that, um, I'm sure he'll share that with us. He's found himself working as a plant-based chef and he's been doing it for 12 plus years now. And he's currently the author of Bravo Cookbook and Bravo Express cookbook as well. So thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to this. My first question is, I love learning about um, how people's origin of story is. Um, And what I mean by that is pretty much how do they get from point A to point B? Um, Usually, you know, we go through a lot of what I like to call the roller coaster, you know, of life. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, hurdles and obstacles that we go through, but it also adds and paints, you know, a very, very colorful um, history uh, for people. And, um, you know, yours, you know, as described on your website has been very, very colorful. So I would like to know, you know, what has been your inspiration, you know, from the start to get into the culinary arts? Let's start with that. You know, what was your inspiration to, you know, go from point A to point B? Okay. Um, Well, first of all, you know, my story is not a, you know, point A is here, point B is there, and it's a straight line, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you said, it's a big roller coaster. Um, So my story begins back when I was uh, eight, nine, uh, growing up in my grandmother's kitchen. And loving 
food. You know, I've always loved to eat. I've always loved to, uh, you know, try new, new things, new, you know, food, food wise. Um, and so that kind of stuck with me. So by the time I was in high school, I, I knew what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be when I grew up. So mm-hmm. while everybody was, you know, going to the career days uh, and the, you know, all the, well, you know, maybe this college, maybe that college, I knew exactly what I was going to do. Um, I was going to go to culinary school in San Francisco. Um, and that was going to be the beginning of my journey because I knew being a chef, that's, that was my thing. And you said uh, your grandmother influenced you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What is she, uh, what was it like? Was it, was it cooking with her? Was it, um, you know, in, in big family, you know, parties, holidays, like what was the, what was the cooking atmosphere growing up for you? Oh, uh, well, so I grew up in, in Mexico city. And so, uh, we had a family of probably around 10 to 15. Uh, and that's because some of them would come and go kind of a thing. Uh, my aunts and mm-hmm. uncles would sometimes show up, sometimes not, you know, depending mm-hmm. on their jobs or whatnot. Um, but aside from that, my grandmother used to um, cook for uh, an office building. Um, so essentially she would, uh, it was sort of like a, you'd call it like a step below a restaurant. She would, you know, cook uh, a three-course meal every day. You know, everybody mm-hmm. would get the same thing and people from that office uh, would show up. Uh, and she would have, it was mostly regulars uh, and some people would kind of be in and out. Uh, but because of this, she would make, you know, different meals every day, uh, in, in large quantities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got to help many a times, whether it was grating the cheese back then or, uh, whipping up the egg whites, uh, or slicing this, chopping that, helping with the, uh, what we call the aguas frescas, which is mm-hmm. the, uh, flavored, uh, you know, ice drinks sort of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, because it was in quantities, it was like, man, you know, we're really working <laughs> for a eight, nine year old kid. It was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So it was all, it was almost like her own version of a catering business, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And what was the, what was the food scene like, you know, uh, in Mexico city during that time? Oh, well, the, uh, excuse me, the, the food scene back in the time, um, uh, as it is now, it, you know, it's a lot of, uh, street, street fair. You, you, a lot of people eat out on the street because they're, they commute to their jobs. Um, mm-hmm. and it's very different from, um, from the U S so you have your light breakfast there and then your main meal happens between two and four. So everybody mm-hmm. takes like this two-hour lunch break, mm-hmm. uh, which for people there is the, the, their main meal break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people, because they've had to travel, you know, an hour, hour and a half away from their home, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll go to a street corner restaurant, uh, or there's a lot of places like what my grandmother had, uh, where there's, you know, somebody in the office building, Hey, Hey, this, this woman makes really good food and, you know, she's willing to cook for, you know, however many of us show up and Mm -hmm. people go, uh, and it's all sorts of different things. Uh, you know, mostly, (laughs) mostly surrounding, um, corn, you know, tortillas, 
Yeah. Um, so with tortillas, you have tacos, you have uh, enchiladas, you have tostadas, uh, you have uh, tortilla soup, and you have. Uh, uh, and would she make it? Would she make it her own, like the maize, and like actually roll it out and all that stuff? Sometimes for certain things, she she was very adamant about you know making it handmade. Uh, mm. For other things, she would uh, she would buy the tortillas, and, and and it's also very different in Mexico. You know, in in Mexico, you have what's called a tortillerias. Mm-hmm. It's one shop where they make fresh tortillas to order, and that's all they do. Mm-hmm. It's not like in the U.S. where you go to any grocery store and you buy something that comes in a bag. Mm. You know, over mm-hmm. there you buy it, you know, half a kilo or one kilo, and it's fresh. They're nice and hot, just right out of the machine. Mm. Um, so in a way, they're like you know, freshly handmade kind of a thing, even mm-hmm. though they're from a machine. But you know, they're they're fresh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm sure I'm sure you appreciate it as well. I mean, I I. I, I think fresh food is, you know, there's nothing better than that. And, you know, Mexico, I've never been, I've always wanted to go to Mexico City and I understand it to be a very, you know, metropolitan, um, you know, area. And uh, with that, you have, you know, just people in living in the urban life, just busier, you know, they're always going back and forth. So I can imagine, you know, street fair being, you know, very, very popular, quick and easy. But um, when you, grow up in a very cultural uh, and culinary, um, you know, epicenter as well, people have a certain standard. And so fresh is really important, you know what I'm saying? And high quality. So um, what was your grandmother like? Uh, Well, she's still around. Uh, Matter of fact, I was, I was uh, visiting her uh, an hour ago. Um, Mm. We were just kind of reminiscing a little bit about the old days. Um, The, the uh, building where we used to live is no longer there. Um, mm-hmm. So we were talking about that a little bit, but she was always into food. She's, you know, her passion has always been being in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I remember her being just, you know, like a, just on, you know, like a, what they call the energizer bunny. She would just, <laughs> just go, go, go all day long because I, you know, you can imagine cooking for, Oh, probably 30 people, you know, 30 to 40 people every single day between the office workers and family. And, you know, from scratch every single day, it was a nonstop thing for her. And she she would never tire, you know, she was just relaxed. And is she, is she still doing a little bit um, on the side or she's still full time or what do you? uh, No, no. She, she still cooks for, for the family. She no longer, you know, cooks for, you know, for anybody else. Right. Uh, but we still all very much enjoy everything that she makes, you know, it's yeah. a treat for us really. Oh yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's wonderful. And I think that, um, you know, I, I had immigrant parents, um, you know, growing up and both of them cooked and, um, you know, thinking about different cultures around the world, you can, if it's almost like senior citizens, what we call senior citizens tend to keep going, you know what I'm saying? Because they keep, you know, whether in, in your, you know, abuela's case, like just keep cooking, you know, or they keep, you know, feeding and they, you know, they keep moving, you know, there's a certain purpose with it. Um, and, you know, for, 
and when you compare that to Americans, uh, American senior citizens, they almost kind of lose that kind of drive, uh, uh, that motivation, um, you know, from a health perspective that in a way contributes to their decline a little bit. So I'm happy to hear that your, your grandmother is still very, um, still very focused and still, you know, going, um, She's, she's like what, in her 80s or 90s or something like that? She is in her late 70s. She's old. I think she's going to oh, be wow. next year. That's, uh, to me, that's a young grandma. <laughs> yeah, she is. And she acts like a young grandma too. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so take us, so you, you studied, you know, in San Francisco, you trained, you know, there. So tell us what happened from there. So after I finished my two years of uh, culinary school, or towards the end, I was, um, you know, just fortunate enough that uh, one of my cooking instructors uh, was a uh, friend of the chef at the time of my of the next place that I worked, which is a uh, big resort, the Greenbrier uh, Resort in uh, mm. West Virginia. Oh my God! I went to school right next to it. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. There's a uh, medical school. That's where I went to medical school, right next to uh, the Greenbrier. <laughs> small oh, world. <laughs> no, it is a small world. Wow. So beautiful uh, resort. Yeah. Was that Lewisburg that you were in? Lewisburg. Yeah, yeah. The medical school in Lewisburg. That's exactly oh. where I went to. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I used to go to Lewisburg all the time because um, the town where Greenbrier is is so small. There was nothing. To it do. is. Very, very small. The happening place. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. And it still is. A lot of people retire there. So, yeah. uh, wow, small world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough that uh, uh, my instructor and the chef at the time knew each other. Uh, and so my instructor said, hey, you know what? There's this place. Uh, you know, maybe you want to, you know, kind of go check it out. And this is what they do. They have a uh, apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. It's a three-year program. Um, you know, maybe you want to, you know, give uh, uh, my friend a call and see if that's something you'd be interested in. Um, and so I did. I, you know, I did a phone interview, and then I, I flew out there um, for like a week-long sort of uh, interview, I guess you would call it. You know, they allowed me and my friend to go into the kitchen and sort of uh, be helpers there, sort of fly on the walls there for. Uh, a few days mm-hmm. uh, and be introduced to what the program sort of entailed and, you know, the expectations and all that. Um, and so I agreed to, you know, once school was over uh, to go there afterwards. Um, and uh, what happened was the, uh, uh, the chef moved on and then there was a new chef in there. So um, uh, chef Timmons, uh, she said, well, he said, welcome, uh, you know, you'll have to uh, earn your, earn your stay for a year at first. Uh, and then depending on what we, we see out of you, then we'll, uh, you can apply for the program, the apprenticeship program. And, you know, if you get in, then, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I paid my dues and you know, I got into the program and, you know, four years later I graduated from that, uh, uh, apprenticeship program. Mm. Uh, and, you know, through a lot of, uh, hard work, sleepless nights and, you know, emotional uh, stress, Uh, you know, I made it uh, and I was very proud of it. Uh, And then after that, I I came back home um, to the area and I was, I took a job as the uh, executive chef for a, uh, 
fancy uh, boutique hotel uh, here in the area. And I was there for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then after that, that's when the universe sort of uh, decided to uh, ruffle my feathers a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I decided to quit that job and I was going to start my own, my own gig. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when the universe intervened. I was in the middle of uh, literally in the 10 minute break of taking a food safety and uh, sanitation class. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I went outside to stretch my legs for a bit and then uh, my phone rang and it was um, this lady who I, I never met uh, before that time. And she said, Oh, I'm uh, so-and-so. I'm a friend of your mother's, you know, my mom and uh, my mother owns a hair salon. So uh, this lady would get her, hair needs taken care of by my mom. Uh, and she knew that I was currently out of a job. Um, and she said, Hey, I know this guy who is looking for a chef. Uh, and it's a, you know, he's moving the facility from up in the Hills to downtown Santa Rosa. And mm-hmm. he's going to renovate this whole new facility. And, you know, the new kitchen's going to, you know, start get built from scratch. Uh, and it's, uh, it's vegan just so you know, but if you're interested, you know, he's definitely looking for a qualified individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and what happened was I was, um, you know, growing up, I, I never intended to be a vegan chef or plant-based chef. Uh, that was, you know, not the dream. Right. Uh, but at the time, um, my daughter was two years old and making sure she was fed was important. Uh, and then also, uh, I've always been a sucker for, you know, getting new kitchens started, uh, especially when all the equipment is brand new and shiny and, you know, you can, <laughs> why was that? Why does that, um, uh, why do you say that when you say you're a sucker? Because, you know, I, I, I read that, you know, you really enjoyed contributing towards, you know, startups. Like what, what is it about, you know, that kind of contribution, uh, fulfills you in some way? Why, why is that? I think it's the, the, the notion of building the foundation for something. Uh, you know, anybody could, you know, think of a, this great building, this great, you know, sort of monument. Um, but if you don't have a solid foundation for it to stand on, you know, the thing's going to topple over any, any second. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting something started where you decide all the logistics, you know, from the from a kitchen's perspective where you go, okay, we have this empty room and, you know, we're envisioning the dishwasher to go here. If the dishwasher is in this particular place. Will that make the entire kitchen flow correctly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe it or not, the, the two things that really decide a kitchen is where the dishwasher is and where the oven is or the stove mm-hmm. oven are. Uh, so you go and kind of go, okay, can we have a good flow between from the moment the dirty dishes come in to all the way where the food, you know, all it's all plated and going out. Will the kitchen run smoothly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and getting to the point where you decide, you know, from you know square one where things are going to be placed. Uh, and again, all new equipment, everything is shiny. There's no scratches on it. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just shiny, you know, for chefs, right. it, it's kind of a cool thing to go into a restaurant supply place and see shiny equipment. I don't know what it is. It's just <laughs> we're like squirrels looking at, you know, a walnuts there. Just so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just setting up the foundation for a, a, a 
successful kitchen to start up where you go, okay, I, I won't be around this place forever. Eventually I will move on. Uh, but this place is going to be solid when I leave. Mm. Um, so I think that's, that's the startup, you know, the, uh, the sucker for a startup. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something. Something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences... Uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process and learning about life was also a process and a practice and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice for those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by... Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She's given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. T H E C H E F D O C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode.
Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Um, it's like that quote, and um, you know, I'm paraphrasing where you know you leave, you know, you contribute to something, and you make it better than when you first started. You know what I'm right. saying? So. Right. And, uh, and I, and I do believe in that, you know, meaning, you know, in a way you're almost leaving behind an expression of yourself, you know, so to speak. And, you know, culinary arts is the arts for a reason, you know, in a way you're expressing yourself, whether it's through your food or, you know, through the, you know, how you express yourself through the restaurant or, you know, um, so there's just different ways of leaving something behind. So, so I, 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 I dig that. So that's really, that's really cool. So tell me about the next phase when you were transitioning and, you know, you meet this, you know, vegan, you know, a vegan restaurant, you know, the owner and, you know, they, they want to recruit, you know, someone and here you come along and um, you haven't had any prior experience. You know, I, I, my understanding is like, what was that like? It was, it was a bit surreal. Um, and um, the reason for that is this. So, when I when I got this phone call from a lady, um, I was interested again because it was a new facility. Uh, but she did mention that it was vegan, and for a regular chef, that is the least sexy sort of a uh, project to take on. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, I agreed to talk with my now uh, boss, uh, Dr. Goldhammer, and um, he, you know, explained to me kind of what the project entailed. Um, and he said, you know what, we run this sort of facility, but we've never really had a chef. And because we're doing this expansion and we are expecting our census to go up, you know, we really want the quality of the food to go up. And you know, that's why we're looking for a chef. Uh, and I already knew that it was vegan. But uh, at, you know, at first he told me what the first time I, I spoke with him was like, oh, you know, by the way, we don't we also don't do any oil because we we are very health oriented. This whole thing mm-hmm. is, a, is oriented towards uh, restoring, uh, all of our clients' health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so he tells me that and I'm thinking, Hmm, uh, well, <laughs> you know what? Actually, I, I'll take that back. He said, we don't do any sugar. We don't mm-hmm. do any sugar. Um, and that sort of takes you back a little bit. Cause like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you're trying to be healthy. You don't want people having dessert every, every, you know, after every meal. Um, and I myself, I'm not a big dessert person. So I was thinking, well, you know, if we, if we need to make any sort of sweet treats, there's always dates, there's dried fruit, there's fruit juices. Uh, you know, fresh fruit is always great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, you know, man, this is a whole vegan thing. And I don't know. <laughs> and so he asked me um, after I spoke with him, he said, hey, why don't you come to uh, what we now call the old facility? Uh, and he does like a weekly talk, uh, on Mondays. He said, why don't you come on Monday? Uh, you can listen to my, uh, weekly lecture and you sort of get a, a better sense of what we're doing. And, you know, we, we go from there. So I agreed to go there. Uh, and you know, this facility was up in the hills, you know, <laughs> away from everything. There's you mm-hmm. know, a couple of neighbors, you know, a quarter mile <laughs> down the street, but you know, mm-hmm. just in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's all these people there in the, in the kitchen and the staff. And so, and then I listened to my, my boss speak um, and he's a very smart man, very eloquent. Uh, and so when you listen to somebody who's really smart and passionate about what they do, it's kind of like, you know, 
it charges you up. You're like, man, yeah, you know, this sounds kind of cool. You know, I, I, mm. I can buy into this. It's like a different take from your prior perception of you know, being vegan, right? Yeah. And um, which which uh, culinary school did you graduate from? Uh, this is uh, City College in San Francisco. Mm. And I don't know too much about that one, but I would presume it's grounded in you know French techniques and oh yeah, this you know, is classic. Like, yeah, 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 classic, classic, right? Like classic, yeah. So, um, so and you know because for those in the audience, you know, culinary school is most of them nowadays and you know we are getting more and more you know vegan slash plant forward you know type of uh, health supportive uh, culinary schools out there now but you know most culinary schools are grounded in the french technique where they're you know emphasizing the salt and the sugar the you know butter eggs and things like that so you know as you're painting you know this conversation back and forth when he's saying you know no sugar or no oil you're probably like scratching your head you're like what what <laughs> oh absolutely you know he you know after his lectures he's like oh you know this is a you know meet the, meet the staff and this is kind of what we do uh and then that then that's when he said oh by the way we also don't do any oil uh-huh and then i'm just kind of going what is this guy talking about you know what what do you mean you don't do any oil? You you know you can't cook without oil. Uh huh. You know, I sort of get the sugar thing, you know, but the no oil thing that was just like uh, you know, it blew I, your mind. <laughs> you know, I'm talking to him, but in the back of my mind, I'm going, you know, this guy's cuckoo kind of a thing. Um, yeah. For whatever reason, I agreed to meet him one more time, and he wanted to show me, you know, the new facility where we are now. Uh, he wanted to show me uh, sort of what the, the plan was. Uh, so essentially, we took over a an apartment complex, which we then turned into you know, sort of like a, it's essentially a hotel. We call ourselves a uh, vegan wellness center. Um, and he's showing me like where the kitchen's going to go. And I could see uh, painters and construction guys, you know, ripping out carpets and two by fours and, you know, the painters mm-hmm. outside are stripping everything and, you know, prepping the paint, you know, a whole new paint job on the outside. And, mm-hmm. and then they say, well, you know, once we're done with the outside, we're going to go inside. And so, you know, I could sort of start visualizing the place. Um, and then he starts, you know, talking numbers with me, uh, which were definitely favorable, but then he like dropped the biggest bomb on me. He's like, uh, he said, by the way, just want to let you know, we also don't do any salt. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, and so you're talking about going to culinary school and training and all that. And the very first thing that gets ingrained in your brain is make sure your food is seasoned properly. Mm. Uh, and while you're going to school, you know, it's like, you know, make sure you do it properly, you know, or else you're not going to get an A. But then you go out in the real world and it's yeah. like season properly or you're out of here, you know you won't you won't have a job tomorrow yeah and then suddenly this guy tells me oh by the way we don't do any salt and was, that was the was biggest like, biggest bomb right <laughs> yeah biggest. you know and he was smart enough not to you know give it to me all at once he just sort of let me digest one piece at a time and i was like you know my head was spinning i'm like I, you know i can't do that not only can i not cook with oil but without salt you know i i can't do my job you know how am i gonna 
make a dish and give it to somebody and be like, oh, hey, here, taste my food. It's flavorless. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Because sometimes salt, um, you know, you know, we, we, we use salt to kind of when you say season, we're, what we're doing is we're drawing out flavor out of the ingredients that you're cooking with, you know. Um, right. And um, and so for you, that's kind of like that's like one of your core, you know, techniques as you're as you know we're trained in and 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 taking that out is kind of like huh you know <laughs> somebody tell me you know be a be a be the chef here but you're gonna have a, a hand tied behind your back all right all the time. um and so what happened was i you know you know after my head stopped spinning my thought process <laughs> you was, sat down right you sat down right <laughs> yeah i sat down i said okay um, I guess I'm going to take this job, but I'm only going to do it for six months. And the only reason I'm going to take it is because, you know, a steady paycheck to make sure I feed my daughter for the next six months will be good. Uh, but I do have full intentions of doing my own catering business uh, and being in California. Uh, there's going to be inevitably people who want, uh, who ask for sort of plant-based sort of meals. Mm-hmm. So, and I have no really, no, experience in that sort of area mm-hmm. uh, because again when you're classically trained you know the vegetables are sort of what's on the side kind of a thing. yeah it's like an afterthought afterthought yeah so i said well i'll just take this job six months i'll be out of here and i'll just learn something and then move on to what i really want to do uh and that was almost 13 years ago <laughs> oh man yeah yeah, so you know, I guess at some point I'll, oh, I might still do my catering thing, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is very interesting because you know you you know you're classically trained, you know you're you know um, you grew up you know in a Mexican culture, you know a uh, very very heavy emphasis. You know you have your abuela teaching you, you know from very very young age. You know you're going to school classically trained, and you know you meet this guy, you know this physician and he's going on and on about you know probably to the to, to probably similar to like you know you know food is you know health is food and food is health and you know um you know health is wealth and things like that and and this is what we're doing and up until that point your your perceptions of veganism is like you know people who are you know paper thin you know probably just eating salads all day long and um you know and now you know he's saying you know we're doing this we're expanding and, you know, you're like, wow, this is beautiful. This is great. And, you know, we're opening up a whole complex and having all kinds of things going on. And then we're doing no sugar, no oil and no salt. And it puts you into a tailspin, right? Yeah. And I would imagine, and obviously we know now that you took the job and this is so many years ago, you know, what, what did it teach you? You know, for, like, what were the learning lessons that you've, you know, accumulated over that time? Uh, well, the very first one, the first lesson I, I, I got was that I myself was not in very good health. Um, mm. Just because I wanted to do a good job at, uh, you know, at this place, whether I, you know, back at the time I was thinking, well, six months uh, or, or not, you know, I was still going to do my best no matter what. Mm-hmm. So um, just by, you know, eating the food, just to make sure that it was as flavorful as possible, um, I lost a, a bunch of weight. I lost about 30 pounds mm. um, in a fairly short amount of time. 
uh, and, and my energy. And, and if you don't away. mind me asking, like, did you have any medical conditions prior to starting that job? Uh, I probably did, uh, but you know, uh, I didn't like necessarily go to a doctor mm, to, to, to get diagnosed or anything like that. Yeah, I would I would assume that my blood pressure was high um, and that my um, BMI was <laughs> definitely you know way high. Probably, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know what other things I might have had. You know, I was fairly young back then, right? Uh, but definitely high blood pressure for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I lost somewhere in the 30 pound range in a, a shortly in a fairly short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my energy went way up. Uh, and so suddenly I was like, Oh, Oh, well, I guess <laughs> I was not as healthy as I thought, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, thinking, you know, I'm a young 30 year old, you know, full of energy, but suddenly I actually have the energy to keep up with my two year old daughter mm-hmm. and where, you know, my previous job, I didn't. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is different. Um, and then the second, second, uh, lesson I learned was, um, very quickly as well is you don't need to cook with oil, mm-hmm. you, you know, in order to make flavorful food, you don't have to have oil every single time. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, um, I, I usually, uh, lecture, uh, for people on the subject of, uh, the moment you use oil in your cooking, you bind yourself to needing salt because what happens is any sort of food that you taste, whether it's a stir fry, a dressing, a roasted potato sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If you use oil in your cooking, what happens is, you know, as the food goes into your mouth, the oil coats your taste buds. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like putting a blanket over your taste buds uh, and then the flavor doesn't register. Mm-hmm. So in order to fix that problem, uh, people use salts so that suddenly you accentuate the flavors and then the message goes from the taste buds to the brain where it's like, oh, okay, we're, you know, this is rosemary uh, roasted potatoes, or this is a uh, uh, raspberry walnut dressing or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once I removed the oil from the food, I was um, beginning to really taste what a raspberry really tasted like Mm -hmm. or what just plain celery really what its flavor really was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was it was kind of cool in a way that i was actually tasting food sort of all over again interesting Uh, i'm sure that was fascinating uh for you it was and some of the items uh you know i can remember celery specifically i was like oh wow you know this is (laughs) celery is pretty pretty nice it's really tasty right Uh, I had never really tasted it before. And when you're saying you're removing oil, you're you're referring to uh, not adding oil as opposed to you know the natural oils that come with certain foods. Correct. Um, so when when I talk about like no salt, no uh, oil, no sugar, um, I'm describing not adding any oil that comes from a bottle mm-hmm. uh, or any salt that comes from a box or a package, mm-hmm. you know. Or white uh, refined sugar or rock sugar or whatever Mm -hmm. so no added you know if it's the natural sugar in an apple or the natural oil in a walnut or you know the natural sodium uh, in celery that's all perfectly fine Mm -hmm. Uh, not adding any anything on top of that awesome awesome and um and i'm sure for you know any chefs that are listening in that's a very very um 
you know, huge uptaking to kind of, you know, go through because that's literally what you're trained to do. You know what I'm saying? So you almost kind of have to relearn certain things and kind of bob and weave and figure out what type of alternatives, whether it's um, food substitutes um, or ingredient substitutes or, you know, different types of uh, techniques that you would have to use, right? Right. Uh, well, really, the techniques stay the same. And, you know, I was very fortunate to be classically trained so that all the the tricks of the trade, you know, I knew. Uh, it's just applying them in sort of a different way, uh, you know, because roasting is still roasting. It still happens in the oven. Mm-hmm. Sautéing still happens in a pan. Uh, you know, the way you chop things is the same. You yeah. still use a, a nice sharp knife and a cutting board. Um, and so you or at least I, I still have all those tricks. Uh, and I was just, you know, sort of redirecting the, the wheel a little bit, right? You know, I didn't have to reinvent it. I was just redirecting it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great analogy. Um, yeah, because you're uh, not- definitely all my, uh, all my, uh, uh, old chef friends think I'm crazy. They think I'm <laughs> weird. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> So, so what are, what are, um, what did you observe, um, in the clientele that, you know, that came over the years and, you know, you fed them this food and, you know, bring us, paint us a little bit of a picture of, you know, initially when you first started to, you know, now, and I'm sure over time you've probably refined, you know, how you've, you know, served and cooked and stuff like that. Like what, what was the feedback like? Oh, the feedback is pretty much um, stayed constant. So our average stay uh, at the facility is about two weeks. Um, and, you know, we've had people for, you know, multiple years. You know, we got some people that come for two, three days. You know, mm. it's sort of, you know, the range is pretty wide. But a, an average stay is about two, two and a half weeks. Uh, and we always see a, um, a drop in weight for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, the blood pressure, you know, sort of comes to normal levels, you know, everybody's high blood pressure comes down. uh, And they come in taking, you know, seven, eight, 10 different types of medications. And when they leave, you know, they, they don't take any more, anything anymore. Um, They got a lot more energy. Uh, We see a lot of people who come in, who, who come in using a cane, or they sort of limp a little bit when they walk. When they leave, they're perfectly fine. They're walking, you know, normal like mm-hmm. anybody else. Um, and that's just from, you know, from the eye test, what I can see. Uh, yeah. We in the kitchen, kitchen staff are not allowed to ha- to know any sort of personal medical information. Right, 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 right. So I'm sure the, the benefits uh, are even deeper and greater than right. what I can see. Right, from, right. Know. And you're still there. You're still working at this facility. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it almost sounds like um almost like a wellness retreat uh of sorts. Yeah, we call ourselves a a, a wellness center. Awesome. Awesome. I you know, in my circles, you know, you do hear of retreats like this. Um but the flip side is is that we need more of this, you know what I'm saying? Because in our current healthcare landscape, um in my opinion there is, isn't enough, you know, that is, you know that is done you know, on this front, you know, 80% of chronic lifestyle related diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, heart disease, et cetera, um, in our country, um, you know, is preventable, you know, we could treat it, you know, prevent it and reverse 
some cases, a lot of these chronic diseases with, you know, actual food and there's mountains and mountains of evidence and research to back this up. And I'm sure your, 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 um, your boss, um, your director is, um, you know, utilizing that information to be able to serve this clientele that you are also serving as well. So I think it's a fantastic, fantastic venture that you're on. And, you know, to be able to see your own health journey, um, you know, to see the weight coming off and to witness your energy coming up and to witness all these different clients that have come over the years to reducing medication and reducing weight and, you know, hope, you know, like you said, who, who knows, you know, a little bit more um, has been very gratifying for you, wouldn't you say? Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was um, towards the first few years of me being there. I had this sort of constant struggle of, you know, the voice in, you know, in, inside my head. Um, and then my friends telling me, you know, what are you doing? You know, this is not what you train for. Kind yeah. Of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the, so you, I had that sort of voice in my head, but then my eyes are telling me a very different story of like, you know, this is the way, you know, this is the, this is the future. This is, uh, you know, food is such a big and important part of our lives. And yet the vast majority of people are doing it wrong. Um, so you're like way ahead of your time, you know, yeah. and this is sort of, my eyes are telling me one thing. The voice in my head is telling me something different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I've always been so passionate about being a chef. Uh, so it took me a little bit of time to sort of, you know, get the two sides to sort of come to an agreement kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. On an everyday basis, we see people, that um, uh, they they leave in such much better shape than when they came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this guy right now who's lost 108 pounds. He's been there for about four months, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when I talk with him, uh, his sort of mental clarity is so much better. You know, again, he's lost over 100 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and he is just happy. He is, you know, sort of well grounded. Uh, and I don't know when he's leaving, but when he does, he's like, you know, ready to take on the world kind of a thing. Yeah. It gives them what's, what's great about, you know, a diet and lifestyle. Um, you know, for me, you know, diet is huge, but it's not the only thing as well. You know, we also have to be able to take care of our emotional and mental health as well. And, you know, physically move, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's a huge part, right? And so when you're describing this particular client and saying, you know, wanted to take on the world, what it tells me is that you kind of, in a way, quote unquote, treat them and fix up their foundation a little bit. So in a way they can have more control, you know, in their lives, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and medication and, and procedures and surgery, you know, which is most of our healthcare system, um, is something in a way out of their control when 
actually, you know, when you look at the top 10 killers of um, causes of death in our country, a lot of it is related to lifestyle, um, you know, in, in terms of our choices every single day with diet and lifestyle. And so in a yeah. way, it's like, it's a beautiful thing where you're, in a way, you're giving them back their power to take control of their lives, right? And, oh, yeah. you know, it's interesting how you're describing this dichotomy of, you know, you training as a chef to, you know, be that um, expert and master of, you know, the colonial arts and food and all this stuff. And it's a very interesting story that you're painting where you didn't, re you didn't anticipate yourself being in a position where, you know, you're actually using that food and improving people's lives with it. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was definitely a big sort of, uh, eye-opening, you know, sort of a uh, soul-changing kind of thing, <laughs> you know, all the effects that we have. Um, we essentially, you know, as a society, uh, the American people, we are suffering from King's diseases. Uh -huh. Back in the day, uh, you know, kings, only the king suffered from the high blood pressure and the diabetes and the stroke mm -hmm. and all of that because uh, him and the few, you know, of the royalty uh, were the type of people who ate the the diet that we use now, all the excess fat mm -hmm. and the excess salt and sugar and the rich uh, meals every single time uh, where the rest of the population, you know, they ate the, the grains yeah. and the food potatoes. from actual mother nature. Correct. Um, so, you know, back in the day, only, you know, only the king got those sort of diseases. You know, the, they call them the king's diseases because nobody else got them. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, with with the sad diet, the standard American diet, you know, we all we're all the in that uh, in that club where we can all be uh, uh, we can all suffer from the the king's diseases. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's uh, and as as you were saying, you know most of the major killers in, in, in America uh, are related to food. Uh, and if we can just educate people and, you know, teach them how to eat properly uh, and still, you know, have the food be flavorful, we can cure, reverse, and eliminate a lot of these things. Yep. You, know, yep. The, you got the it. And the stroke and the, all this hypertension and all of that. Yep. These are over, you know, curable and reversible diseases. Mm -hmm. uh, but because the medical industry is about, you know, well, what are your symptoms? Here's your prescription. Go get your pills. Uh, and all of that only treats symptoms. They they don't really treat um, the the problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's cycle. My one of my favorite um, analogies, um, or yeah, one of my favorite analogies is, you know, when I'm counseling a patient, it's. Uh, you know, when we're prescribing medications and surgery, not to say that they're not necessary, they're a very important part, you know, in, you know, for healthcare, but you know, when it's necessary, but, you know, when we're covering up symptoms, like you're saying, we're like mopping up the floor instead of turning off the faucet, you know, exactly. and, and that's essentially what we're doing. And, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge paradigm shift. And this is literally a whole different discussion, um, going back from, you know, medical schools and how we're trained and, you know, all the way up the line. So, um, and even, even, even drawing parallels to medical training and culinary training, it's a very interesting because they have very similar hierarchies, but 
you know, there's actually a lot of schools now that are more focused on health supportive and going more plant based, um, you know, popping up um, every now and then. So it's, uh, it's, it's super important. And you can tell where the wave is going, you know, like where the, where the direction is going. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I see the, you know, local medical facilities and hospitals and the, the ads on TV and radio where you're starting to see that shift where they're getting more focused on, like, hey, you know, food is actually important. And, you know, having some nutritional sort of understanding actually can really improve your health. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's still a lot of work to be done, but it's, it's definitely shifting. The yeah. wave is starting to pick up uh, – uh, strength and speed. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, it, it's like the work that you're doing, you know, and spreading that message. This is how we continue to move that needle and, and push forward. So, you know, so thank you for, you know, contributing to that. So, um, I love, I love this. Uh, we're going to close out. Um, so one of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, it's a two-parter. One is how do you personally thrive. And what that means is, you know, what gets you up in the morning? What fuels your fire? You know, why do you do what you do? Right. So, and the second part to that question is, um, you know, more is more action oriented for our audience uh, listeners. So, you know, you've talked about, you know, the no sugar, no oil, um, and no salt, right? So is there any tips that you can give based on those where, you know, how would you substitute, each one of those um, for our um, audience uh, uh, listeners. So let's start with the first one. Okay. Um, so what gets me up in the morning uh, is really just uh, knowing that when I go to work and we go make some food, um, we're constantly, you know, getting new people at the facility. Um, and a lot of them haven't been there before. So one of the things that really gets me up is like, when I get to work and you see this person arrive and they got the sort of deer in headlights look kind of like, Oh my God, what I get myself into, you know, I'll, I'll take a moment to say, Hey, you know, I'm the chef here. Welcome. Uh, we're going to take good care of you. Uh, and then a day or two later, um, uh, they'll come up to me and they'll say, you know, sometimes it takes about a week, but mm -hmm. you know, they'll take it and they say, wow, you know, chef, I really did not think I was going to be able to do this. I really did not think that uh, the food was going to be flavorful. You know, I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, uh, but I'm really enjoying my time here. Uh, can I take you home with me? <laughs> you know, so that's always a big motivator for me as well as the fact that, uh, uh, aside from my my job, you know, I, I have all these other projects going on, which are sort of all integrated. Um, so I, I really enjoy sort of doing a, a little bit of everything, uh, even though I have this sort of main main base here at, at True yeah. North. Uh, but between, you know, doing interviews such as this, uh, talking about uh, my cookbooks or my online cooking program, giving... Uh, uh, online uh, classes. Uh, I used to do uh, hands-on classes, but with the current situation, uh, I put a stop to that for for the for the uh, mm -hmm. for the moment. Uh, but yeah, just you know, being able to teach people in different platforms, uh, you know, a way for them to improve their health. It's 
it's rewarding for me because I, you know, it, the whole thing, the whole atmosphere did it for me. Uh, and I, I know what a big improvement it was. So, you know, giving that to others, uh, is definitely a motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second part of your question, um, tips and tricks. Um, that's sort of a, a big, big question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just give like, just give like one of each. You know, it's low. so if someone was in the kitchen right now, you know, the the recipe calls for you know maybe like added sugar, salt, or oil. You know, just maybe if you can offer just like one one switch. You know, for each one of those. So sure, it, it so gives her like brain that. churning. So, so like for sautéing, people think that sautéing always happens with some oil or butter mm-hmm. because it's been done that way for you know centuries, you know, from generation to generation. Uh, and people, uh, myself included, you know, back at the time, believe that if you don't use any oil in the pan, things are going to stick, uh, things are going to burn, and that is not true. I do it with you know what I call a dry sauté meaning you just heat up the pan and start sautéing your onions and your garlic and mushrooms or carrots or whatever it is. Uh, and it actually, they don't burn. They don't stick. You know, if you're right there in the pan and you stir, uh, you have a long enough window to where what happens is, is the food heats up, you know, the, the onions and the carrots or whatnot. Mm-hmm. As they start to sweat, they release their own uh, water content in there. Mm-hmm. So that cools them down, it cools down the pan. So you have a, a long enough window to where you can saute and brown your onions and garlic and carrots and mushrooms without them burning. Uh, and they're still caramelized uh, and beautiful. And so it, it, it's, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, that's what I can tell you, that it is possible. I do it every day. I teach people how to do this on a daily basis. Um, I know that most people don't believe it because they've never seen it. They've never experienced it, but it is possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, if you cook with oil, you bind, your, you bind yourself to needing some salt. So the less oil in your cooking, the less uh, you cover up your taste buds with the oil. And so the more flavor that actually gets through, uh, and which means the less need for salt mm-hmm. in your food mm-hmm. and then as far as the sugar uh, i would say dates uh in particular uh, medjool dates have been my saving grace we make all sorts of desserts uh from pies to crepes to um what else do we do from like uh, truffles and all sorts of things using dates mm-hmm. uh, so the no sugar thing it's, it's really the easiest, the easiest thing to mm-hmm. conquer. Um, and then um, if, uh, again, if, you know, if you're looking for specific recipes, I have a couple of cookbooks, uh, Bravo mm-hmm. uh, cookbook, Bravo Express. Uh, and then I recently created the website, bravopb.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I have uh, an online cooking course uh, where I teach sort of the basics and then recipes step by step. Uh, where you can see all of these things uh, done uh, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to film the second course uh, in August. Awesome. Uh, and just, you know, keep going. <laughs> we got uh, 
course number two and course number three, and then we'll see how, how it goes from there. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I was about to, you know, conclude with, you know, how do people reach you, but you already did that already. So, um, yeah, so that's a a great segue and, um, you know, I wish you much success and, you know, please, please, um, you know, check out his websites and his books and recipes and courses, um, because, um, it is very, very rare, you know, as a chef, you know, to, to really integrate yourself, to actually be willing. I think that's the hardest part. Uh, it's not really learning all the, all every different, you know, things nowadays, you know, we're just, um, you know, we have so many sources now, but now it's, it's more about like, you know, are you willing to make that leap? And it's the same thing with changing behavior, you know, at, you know, for, for medicine, it's like a lot of the times it's really just behavioral change, you know, um, and, and being able to give up the things that make you sick. Right. So, um, so thank you for, you know, taking the chance uh, for yourself to take on the job for you to learn, you know, fast forward so many years and for you to be at this moment where, you know, you can contribute to so many people's health, um, you know, and make everything still taste, you know, wonderful. So um, thank you again for being on the show. Hey, my pleasure, Colin. Um, and just a, a, just a, a last send off. Um, one of the things I really wanted to do was to make this whole uh, teaching, you know, people to be able to have access to this information. So if people go to the website, bravopb.com, the course is a one-time payment for $20 for lifetime access. Uh, I really just wanted to get my money back, my investment back, uh, and I wanted to have it available for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is for to be able to help everyone. Uh to improve their health. And so if the information is uh, available out there and it's a, you know, $20 for lifetime access, um, I think that uh, that's a great deal. So, you know, hopefully people will tune in and, and check it out. Definitely. Definitely. And we'll, we'll put those uh, uh, links and notifications, you know, in the show notes, um, you know, when this comes out. So, um, Chef Bravo, thank you so much for taking the time out um, and, you know, being with us on the show today. Um, guys, this has been another episode of Thrive Bites. If you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, and follow. And if you feel that this is a benefit for someone else, please share this as well. And we will see you on the next one. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.